0: Now as we prepare to go to the message, let's just settle our hearts on the word that he has for each of us today. God, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, open our hands to receive all that you have for us and nothing of our own idea of what we want, but everything that you want for us. May it be so for each of us here as we open your written word to read about your living word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in week two of our series, Hope from Heaven. Now, next week we're gonna check out the question of, has our earthly comforts prevented us from having a deep yearning for heaven? You know, the idea that, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven— after I find myself a spouse, after I have myself some kids, after I go to Disney World, after I, 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 I have every experience on earth I've ever wanted, then I can't wait for heaven. Have we lost sight of a yearning for heaven? That's what we're going to talk about next week. This week, oh no, let me, before this week, last week, oh man, Pastor Curry just did a masterful job of sharing with us the wonder of heaven. If you haven't listened to that yet, hopekazucom slash sermons, facebook.com slash you can find it. Listen, you will be blessed. You will be enriched. You will be inspired about the wonder of heaven. But this week, we're talking about the wonder of Jesus leaving heaven for us. We're going to ground ourselves in the first chapter of John's gospel. We're going to break this up piece by piece. I'm going to jump through some of it, but don't worry if you're concerned. I'm just picking and choosing those that I'm not talking about today. We're talking about next week. So today, let's begin hearing the true word of the Lord from John chapter 1, starting with verses 1 through 2. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That is capital W word. The word is Jesus. Jesus' beginning was not his earthly birth. Can anyone else say that? Was your beginning before you were born? Think of that. Jesus is fully and completely God- while also being distinct in essence and work. The Trinity is wrapped in the mystery and awestruck wonder of God. But what we do know is that Jesus the Son, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, fully and distinctly make up our one true God. The Father is God. The Spirit is God. Jesus is God. Not three separate, but three unique essences of the one true God. And God, which includes Jesus, has always been. And God is the God over all creation. And he calls heaven his home. John 1 verse 3, Through him, that is Jesus, through him all things Were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus had purpose and meaning prior to his birth. He wasn't just hanging out on the bench waiting for the Father to say, Go ahead. Okay? He wasn't waiting for his turn to do something, just like the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, wasn't just sitting around bored waiting for Pentecost. No. The complete triune God has had a distinct role in the creation, the order, the sustaining of the cosmos forever and always has. John reveals to us here that Jesus predates creation and plays an active role in the creative work of God. Four through five in verse nine. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Through Jesus, we have life. When Jesus left heaven for earth, he brought the light of heaven into the world, bringing his unquenchable hope, love, joy, and peace to make it available to all who seek him. And though the darkness tries to mask that light and suffocate it and block us from ever seeing it or finding it, nothing can overcome the light of heaven. Seek and you will find. As 14a says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Just pause. Think of the wonder. Of that statement. I had a conversation with Miles, my six year old son, this week. We've been going through Advent readings each day, focusing in on the birth of Christ and and the ways God has prepared his people for that. And uh, he was asking about God's beginning and Jesus' birth. So, if when Jesus was born, who existed before him? Well, lots of people existed before him, but I thought God was the first. God was the first, but he was born. Right. It's confusing. <laughs> and then he asked this question as we were kind of working through this. Uh, theology of a master's class, right, is what happens when you're trying to understand theology with a six-year-old. It's a beautiful, beautiful reality. And he said this, this is from the words of a six-year-old. If God's always been, then why was he born? said, son, that's what I'm preaching about, and you just gave me a line for my message. If God's always been, then why was he born? That is the very question we are exploring today. The birth of Christ celebrates God entering into this world in a new way. Since the garden, God's faithful presence was much different before Jesus's birth. He still always has existed. He still has always walked with his people, but he expressed it in a different way. We have theophanies where he, he, he shows up in a burning bush or a pillar of file fire to resemble his presence. We know he spoke to some such as Abraham or Elijah. We know he rested his presence in the tabernacle and the temple, but to engage with his presence was a very very uncommon thing. Only the priests in certain conditions and certain ways could engage. We also know the Holy Spirit would rest on certain individuals and would, would have a work. God always has been active and present in the world, but he's expressed it differently. And then Jesus being born changed the way he interacts with us forever. The incarnation The word became flesh, Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's unfathomable, it's unthinkable that he closed the gap between heaven and earth. He walked and taught and lived on the very soil. He spoke into being, and through the work of Jesus, the sending of his spirit, he continues to dwell here in the light of all believers. He made his dwelling among us. You ever consider moving to a smaller home? Then <laughs> the biggest downsizing of all time, Jesus left his home of heaven for earth. The word became flesh. When Jesus became flesh, it changed the state of his being. Still fully God, that does not change, but also now fully God. Human, Not just while on earth, but always and forever. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The God who is is here described as was. Yes, in the past tense, he was with God in the beginning, but also it reveals a difference of state. Because look at the next slide here. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word was indicates Jesus' permanent condition or state. And with this became, that shows us an indication it was a change of state. He didn't put on the appearance of a human. He didn't shed his godhood and became only a human. No, he became flesh while remaining who he is. The Gnostics had a really hard time with this. In fact, they completely denied this. They said, all things matter and being physical are evil and corrupted. So there's no way God could become that thing. Except God is perfect and purified and holy and without sin. And so he is fully the perfect God and perfect human. It was a change of state. I was a child. I became an adult. There's nothing I can ever do to change that. I will not be a child again, but I am still human. It's a different state, but I'm still human. The Lions were a football team, and they became a laughingstock. They will be an always and forever laughing stock. Christ was God and became flesh. Still God, but a new dimension of existence through the gateway of human birth as he took up residence among us. This is the basics of the incarnation of Jesus that his incarnation made him human forever. And even now, in heaven, he's fully God and fully human. When he comes again, it will be Jesus as fully God and fully human. His resurrected appearance gives us confidence of this. Still God, still human, but perfect and pure, which gives us confidence that our heavenly bodies will be the same, but new, purified, and perfected. That is Jesus, perfect God, perfect human. The Word became flesh. Incredible! But that is not just it. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Have you ever considered the audacity of Jesus leaving heaven? To come to us. There is truly no earthly comparison. I mean, the best we can even try to do to get a glimpse of what this means is imagine you live in the biggest, most luxurious, most amazing house of all time with the perfect landscaping and acres and acres of land. And you're surrounded by people you love and you enjoy and who love and enjoy you. The best food you've ever eaten is every meal of every day. You have work and purpose, but it's what you enjoy doing. It's not without meaning. And then you willingly leave all that behind to live in a gutter under a bridge in the dark of night The cold of winter, surrounded by people that either don't care about you, people who don't trust you, people who flat out despise you, and some people who even want to kill you. And that gap between mansion and gutter is but an inch compared to the limitless miles of difference between heaven and earth that Jesus willingly traveled to dwell among us. Last week, Pastor Curry shared the beauty of heaven with us, that it is everything amazing about earth and then some, without any of the evil, without any of the bad, and it will be far more beautiful and wonderful than you can ever, Ever fathom. And Jesus left that to enter a world broken by sin, the very thing he hates. He left that to enter a world ruled by his enemy. He left the absolute and fullest presence of God to be surrounded by his sin filled enemies. Not only was the environment different and the company different, but because of the change of dimension that is present in the incarnation, his lived experience forevermore would be different. By becoming flesh, the limitless willingly became limited. The infinite willingly became finite. The designer of the human body became the form of his own creation by taking on flesh. He who is, period. He who is, always has been, always will be, forever and always, that is the uncreated one willingly chose to be birthed like all of us. The one who can't experience physical pain chose to experience the physical pain that comes with being a human. From small things like growing pains to cuts bruises, the oddness of puberty to the trials and the temptations and the sacrifice and the loss and the grief and the sorrow all the way to dying through unimaginable pain and suffering on the cross. All of it he willingly embraced. When he came to earth, he came with the knowledge he would suffer more than anyone else has ever suffered. Why? Why did he do this? Because of the theme of our Advent day today. Because of his audacious love. Why did he leave heaven? Why did he change his state of being? Why did he willingly enter into all this mess that we go through and that we long to escape? He did so to do what we cannot. To endure it all perfectly, without sin, and then plucking the sin off of our lives and onto his and burying it in the ground. When heaven wasn't an option for us, he paved the way. He paid the price. He opened the gates, and the entry fee is simply to repent and believe in the one who left heaven for you. Jesus did this so we can experience him in the fullness of of the fullness of his home, where you have a place prepared for you, a room with your name on it. He came to bring us our invitation home. For we are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. And he invites us. He welcomes us. He makes the way. He shows us the way because Jesus Christ is the way. And the only way. God with us. Incredible. Unfathomable. With us more fully and complete than ever since Eden. And Jesus left heaven to dwell among us. So are we willing to leave our sin-filled world behind so that we may dwell with him? Jesus bridged the gap, embracing more sacrifice than we could ever know. Are we willing to step toward him and sacrifice for the one who gave us everything? Jesus, by becoming human, gives us our perfect example of how he longs for us to live. And he gives us his grace, his forgiveness, and a guide. Because he is the light that guides us home. And he promised that God the Father would send God the Spirit to dwell amongst us and draw us toward him. Are we following him and embracing his way? What is the hope from heaven that we receive in the incarnation? It's every hope. If you think God is not present, if you think that God doesn't care about you or what you're going through, the incarnation proves there is no place he isn't willing to go, nothing he isn't willing to do to draw close to you in his deep love for you because he left heaven for you. If you ever question if you are loved, if you wonder if anyone sees you and knows you and has a care for you, and you, you just feel all alone, You feel stuck and helpless and hopeless. You are loved more deeply than you can ever fathom by the author and the perfecter of love. His love bridges the gap between death and life, heaven and earth. Jesus Christ, the very hope of the world, the hope of heaven, became human and made his dwelling among us, all because there is nothing, nor height, no depth, that will ever separate his love for you. Praise God for that everlasting hope. Praise God for his everlasting love. Praise God for his everlasting presence in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. We do praise you, oh God, for this love. A love we can never fully understand, and yet a love that we all can feel and experience. Almighty God, you spanned the depths of this universe. You crossed heaven to come to earth to experience everything we go through willingly because you love us. When there was no way back to you, you provided the way. You made the way. God, we long to follow you on that path. We long to please you with our life. We long to run quickly to you for forgiveness when we do things that stand between us. Ultimately, God, we come to you with humble adoration and thanks for who you are, for what you do, what you continue to do, and that you have made a way for us, that we have a heavenly home, that we have freedom from sin, from death, from guilt, from shame, from pain, from suffering, from isolation, from everything, and that you beckon us back to you. When we follow the promptings and the pushings of your Spirit, May we listen to your gentle and loving whisper. May we feel your loving presence and embrace wherever we are today. And God, when we think of who you are, may we remember there is nothing you wouldn't do, no depth you wouldn't travel to, no sacrifice you won't make to bring us back to you. So we offer you our Thanks. May we shine that very light of heaven that you have so graciously brought into this world. In the power of your name we pray, and your name alone. Amen.